0: hi hello and welcome to knock knock High with the glockham fleckens i took you by surprise You well, weren't i was ready like for that.
1: mid-sentence <laughs> do you want to tell you something but i guess we're starting hi everyone
0: hi i am will flannery also known as glock uh, dr glockham fleckin <laughs> glockham dr glockham fleckin <laughs> and who are you i
1: do you know because <laughs> it seems like you might not
0: i do know i'm
1: your wife i'm kristen flannery also known as Lady Glockampluck. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet
0: you. You seem
1: a little uh
0: I'm a little loopy. A little
1: loopy. A yeah, little I'm just, I just
0: don't know, it's been a good day. Well good. We we've we've had a, a, some good conversations today. Mm-hmm. I got I was on a, a little trip, speaking trip, and now I'm back and um uh, it's always good to come back to the family. And well, the good. Kids, the kids are still at an age where they they get excited when I walk in.
1: Yeah. You still I get the just, daddy.
0: Yeah, Oh, it's so fun. I yeah. never get tired of that. And
1: you get it from the dog.
0: I get it from the dog and yeah. to a lesser extent, you.
1: Yeah. I'm like, hey, <laughs> what's up? <laughs>
0: You don't uh, yell out daddy and run up to me. (laughs) No, that would be be weird. Uh, So we have Dr. Tommy Martin today. That's right. Uh, He is, you all probably know who he is. He is um, uh, all over TikTok Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, multiple social media platforms, Instagram. He's also on YouTube. Uh, he is an internal medicine and pediatrics specialist. We call that med Yeah. Internal medicine is so adult medicine and kid medicine.
1: But specifically in the hospital.
0: Yeah, he's a, right? you know, like a hosp- like a peds hospitalist and a, like an adult hospitalist.
1: It's like he internal medicine as opposed to... External medicine, yeah. which would be outpatients.
0: Which sounds... Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I go, I go on and on, I think, in an interview, like how hard his job sounds. Like, I, that's it's like two totally different things in medicine. Yeah. And he's just somehow able to, because he's brilliant, uh, to, to just do both. Uh, but he is based in Massachusetts uh, and uh, affiliated with um, Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital, Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, but outside of the awesome things he does in medicine... He has a huge social media following, uh, so he is uh, a prominent physician figure on social media. Uh, and uh, one of
1: the early ones, in fact. Yeah, he's
0: been doing it since 2013 uh, at Dr. Tommy Martin, uh, where um, he his social media content is it's really very positive.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
0: a very positive person. Yeah, he's not a big downer like I am. Right, at times. <laughs> right. Um, and so it, his he's really driven by the, his desire to encourage, motivate, inspire as many people as possible, uh, talking about the things that he's passionate about, like fitness. He's a triathlete, uh, also just in medicine. Medicine, internal medicine, pediatrics, all family things. his life. Family life. Uh, he's really open about all his experiences as he's gone through his medical career. and He's very early in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I
1: gotta say, if you have if you have like some kind of uh, you know inferiority complex, or you struggle <laughs> with feeling like you're not achieving, you might want to skip this episode. No, welcome
0: <laughs> to the team because we're there with you. That's it's. Uh,
1: he sure does do a lot of things. He does a lot of things. I don't, I don't know how he has. I mean, the time is one thing, and we talk about that in the episode, but the energy, like yeah. how to maintain that level of energy to do that many I things. I think maybe
0: doing things like it gives you did. more yeah, energy. Yeah, it's
1: probably like a positive feedback loop.
0: Exactly. And if, if you're slovenly like me. Yeah, then, um, a negative feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. Right? Something about uh, psychology. I don't know. You're the psychologist.
1: I mean, aren't those in biology too? I feel like that's a biology thing. Sure. It's um, physiology. Yeah. All right. I think med probably. students know what I'm talking
0: about. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else can we? do? Oh, we're in. We're at the end of summer. We did it. Yep.
1: Y- yeah. Yep. <laughs> summer is rough. So when, when you, you get have to, kids these ages,
0: when you get yeah, when you're you're, and you're trying to work, you're both working full yeah. time, and um, and kid, young kids that need things to do. Yeah, it's like a big Jenga puzzle trying to put together summer camps.
1: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And. It's, you, you, you know those puzzles,
1: of, <laughs> of course. Do you know those puzzles where you like slide it with your fingers where there's like, it's a square, right? Yeah. And there's like a grid, like a four by four grid of tiles on the square or something, but one of the yeah, tiles yeah. is missing and you have to arrange all the tiles yeah. in a way that it makes a picture, but by like one little move at a time, that is what arranging a summer is like for a parent. Yeah, all the people in all the places at all the times and all the drop offs and the pickups and the meetings and the appointments and the jobs and the dog and the ugh.
0: yeah,
1: it's a lot. I'm tired. God bless teachers. <laughs> Thank you for taking our children we when gotta, we are at the end of our
0: ropes. But they're doing cool. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I remember when I was like, I, I spent, I just like, I went to, I played tennis. I did some things, but some of the things that kids are doing nowadays, like parkour
1: yeah that's pretty cool
0: parkour camp
1: well and we live in a place where they are fortunate enough to have a lot of opportunities a lot you know things close like horse by. camps yeah they, we, a horse we've done a horses week. we've done soccer swimming uh there have been basketball camps there's yeah parkour camps there's art camps there's music camps i mean they just have everything you know what i did when i was a kid i
0: uh
1: i worked you lived... I had my first job at ten years old. You
0: lived in the armpit of society. I, there was
1: nothing to do. <laughs> there was... Nothing. You could go outside and just I don't I don't know. Sit Draw there. in the dirt. Yeah, I did a lot of like staring at the clouds, like coming mm. up with uh, the point is animals.
0: Kids have a lot to do. They have a lot of things they can do these days, which is cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but it's also but, no, but very I'm challenging. glad to
1: send them back to school At the end of the yes, summer It is, like, it is fantastic. a relief I'm not going to lie Love the children Love them very much
0: but go to school. Would do
1: anything at all for them But I really do like you know, Having eight hours to myself
0: Well let's talk to Dr. We could go on and on I feel like we have um, So <laughs> let's get to our conversation With Dr. Tommy Martin Here let's he is Let's do it <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This is AI powered ambient technology that helps physicians be more efficient and to reduce the clinical documentation that leads to so much burnout in medicine these days. To learn more about how DAX can help reduce burnout and restore the joy of practicing medicine, stick around after the episode or visit slash discover DAX. That's N U A N C E.com slash discover d-a-x all right we are here with dr tommy martin we've been trying to do this for a while tommy i'm glad we finally got it done welcome
2: yeah me too thank you so much for uh, bearing with me through all of the hectic schedules
0: uh you you got a um you got a busy life these days and so uh uh, first off the first thing i want to ask is how many hours have you been awake right now (laughs) because I saw, watched too much of my anything. I did. I I went on a little uh Dr. Tommy Martin binge on TikTok <laughs> and um uh le- have you been up since like what 3:45 or something in the morning?
2: Yeah, I usually wake up between 3:45 and 4. Oof.
0: You know I... that's not normal, right? Okay. Like that's like that's that's Everybody uh. Everybody
2: has their different normal, <laughs> like right. Your normal is a lot different
0: than my normal. Oh my my normal is a lot different than yours. Yeah. Normal. That's so. But yeah, honestly, you know, I will say after I watched that TikTok where you, so basically it was a for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a video where you basically just go through like your day, like what what it takes to do. You know, the medicine and the training and the lifting and all these things, family time, it really f- fascinating. I always find those fascinating for for different doctors to, uh, or in you know, medical influencers or whatever what you ever want to call us um, to, s- to see what your day is like. And so I watched that. And then I remember because it was last night. Yeah. And what did I what did I say?
1: Well, I've been on him a while. I've been using a a personal trainer and I've been loving it. (laughs) And I have some like I have hypermobility issues. So I kind of need supervision in my workouts. But I just thought he would love it, too, because I know him well. And so I've been on him for months trying to get him to do this. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then last night he checks out your TikToks and he's like, all right.
0: Send me the link.
1: I'm going to get a personal trainer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, I mean, just a little plug. If you need a coach, I'd be more than happy to. You know, and well, I, yeah. I, I could let you sleep in until 4.30. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's what a that's, reward. That's
0: so kind. You know, the last time I woke up and the, like the... The four a.m. hour—it's always
1: just to catch a flight, I think.
0: Well, that I don't count that, but like, like on a consistent basis, was my third year rotation uh, for surgery. Surgery. My surgery rotation, Uh, and so um, uh, you're doing it for very productive. Are there days though, Tommy, when you when you wake up and you're like, oh, nah, forget this. (laughs) There's no way I need three extra hours of sleep today.
2: Yeah, I will say after a week on service where I've worked like eighty to ninety hours and commuted a ton, and my sleep definitely is not where it should be. Usually, the next day or two, I'll sleep in. So, okay. but then I'll try to sleep in as long as I possibly can, and then I'm waking up like at five thirty. Like you've got to be kidding me.
1: Oh I want boy! To sleep till seven. That's sleeping in for you now. You've you've trained your body to wake
2: up. But
0: you're so you're worried. training. You're I mean it, it takes a lot of dedication because you're training for your uh, you're doing Ironmans and triathlons and. And so I've
2: got some races coming up this fall. So we got a half Ironman coming up and then a full distance Ironman. But I'm trying to combine that with powerlifting, which is a little
0: tough. Is that a, is that like a new sport you're inventing or is that like a,
1: Powerlifting? No,
0: no, no. Combining the two. Oh,
1: okay. I know
0: powerlifting is a it's thing. Like, I know you
1: haven't been to the gym in a like while, combi- but golly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I'd say it's probably over the last six years become more of like a fad just to okay. see if you could combine endurance sports with bodybuilding and powerlifting. And so I've been doing it for a few years now, but the feat that I want to accomplish, only one other person has done it. Um, but I, I'm going to try to beat the Ironman time by a couple hours.
0: Oh, man, that's well, how many times have you had rhabdomyolysis?
2: You know, I've never got my uh, blood tested <laughs> after a, a race, but probably quite a few.
0: <laughs> well, I want to um, I want to talk a little bit about about your medical career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kristen, mm-hmm. in fact, she's always what what bothers what irritates Kristen is when we when what we say me? like me. Wh- how much wh- time wh- do you have whenever I? Yeah, right. <laughs> Whenever we I refer to like, oh, that's a medicine doctor. Yeah. That's like an internal, like a, it's like a medicine. You're doing. He, yeah. He does Basically medicine. what
1: that sounds like to me as a non-medical professional is mm-hmm. um, he's a doctor doctor.
0: <laughs> it's it's like, like,
1: what is that? It's all medicine. It's what do you mean he's a medicine?
0: Right. But you have a a, a, a more unique uh, position where you're doing internal medicine and pediatrics. So you did med-peds. For your training, right?
2: Yeah, it's a four-year program, yeah.
0: And so tell me what your, how does that translate into your career? Like, what is it exactly that you do?
2: Yeah, for me specifically, I do exactly 50, well, technically 60-50, so I do a little bit, I work a little more than what I should, but I do 60% of my time with adult medicine, and then I do 50% of my time with pediatric medicine, and all of my time is working in a hospital, so as a hospitalist. So I'll split my time, I'll do a week of internal medicine. Then I'll get a week off and then I'll do a week of pediatrics and then I'll get a week off. And it just does that throughout the year. That, that
1: is is that a like a typical that's a thing that people often do, or this is something beads. you need. Is this like the Iron Man weightlifting
2: <laughs> thing where you're ma-
1: making something new?
2: My whole my whole personality
0: is just like do something weird and yeah. do something different. No, smash uh-huh.
1: two things together. Actually, right. that's a
0: good question. Like how how long has ped's been a thing? Because you know, it's, it's not probably, I mean, it's probably not as common as each of those specialties individually.
2: Right. Yeah. So it's been around actually for a few decades or maybe even 40, 50 years, maybe even longer than that. Hmm. Uh, but it's just not very well known. And most people that do it, I will say after training end up specializing in one or the other, uh, just because it's really hard to practice both. And even with yeah. the way things are coming out now, the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics and um, the pediatric division has made it to where you have to do a fellowship to even be a hospitalist. So you have to do two or three more years of training after residency to do what you just trained for three years for. Um, I, You can tell I'm really? not the biggest fan
0: of it, but yeah. Huh. Did you do that? Like what? I did yeah. not do that. No. Oh man. Okay.
1: <laughs> Why do they want you yeah, to do that? <laughs> that's a good question.
2: <laughs> I mean, they have quite a few reasons. I would say. I don't know how many people's going to listen to this. I don't know if I should tell my full thoughts on this. <laughs> uh,
0: I think you tell, tell whatever you think, whatever you feel comfortable talking about. I think that's yeah, No, that's I, was, I was just
2: mainly joking, but um, <laughs> I think that there is a... We're not trying uh, to get you
0: fired here, Yeah, Tommy. no, no. Right. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: <laughs> no gotcha uh, so moments over here.
2: It's, it's hard to know for sure, like, why they did it. Because, like, in my mind, doing pediatric residency, I had tons of hospital medis- medicine time. But a lot of it, I think, um, is academic in nature. And so learning how to do QI projects, learning how to do research and teach residents and medical students how to do research, a lot of that, that you do not necessarily get in residency unless you're actively doing those things. So I think it's to better prepare you as an academic hospitalist, potentially.
0: And so my next question for you is why med-peds? Because um, that, it just seems really hard. <laughs> to do uh, it's like
1: you basically have two jobs right uh, like us, you yeah. have to I mean, keep up on two different fields well
0: and just and, yeah exactly you got you gotta you gotta learn you know just so much more information but also like the 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 brain switch from going from like it's you know, a week off in between resets. to kids to because we're told over and over again right that kids aren't little adults uh and so right. it's like a totally it seems like a totally separate mindset you're going from week to week to week uh, and so I, I would love to hear kind of your origin story, like how you ended up in this field.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, it's pretty long, but I'll give like the summarized version. So initially I was like dead set on surgery when I started medical school. Mm. I was 1000% going to be a surgeon. And on my surgery rotation, I loved it. I was at a community-based hospital. that let me do so much for being a third-year medical student. Mm. Kind of scary how much they let me do. <laughs> but <it> was, <laughs> looking uh, back on it, like, oh my gosh. Right? Well, like, I barely knew how to like, I don't know, find the elevator in the hospital, let alone do what they let me do. <laughs> do a solo uh,
0: appendectomy, you know, just, you know, everything by yourself. Yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> right. I did amputate a leg, which, I mean, you can't really yeah. mess that up, but like. Right. Yeah. Um, so on my surgery rotation, it was four in the morning, you know, 430, and we were g- going to go see this patient. And this patient, uh, we didn't know exactly what was going on, but we had to do a biopsy to see if they had cancer. And so the chief surgery surgeon went in there and was like, hey, We're going to have to do a biopsy. You may have cancer. So we're going to get to the OR. We'll see you here in a couple hours. And obviously this patient was like, what? Like I might have cancer. And and the chief surgeon was like, you know, about to go out of the room because he said, we have to get to the OR. The OR schedule is busy. And I saw that she was wearing a cross on her neck. And so I asked the chief surgeon, I was like, hey, is it okay if I just stick around and like talk to her and pray with her if she wants. And he said, do whatever you want, but we have to get to the OR. So This is like my second or third week of surgery or whatever. And so I (laughs) stay back, hang out with the patient. Um, By the end of it, I just asked her, I was like, I noticed that you were wearing a cross. Would you like me to pray with you? And she said, yes. So that all went on and then went on with my surgery rotation. Loved it. Best like rotation ever. It was so much fun. And like it worked with my schedule. Right. Which is, I know you guys are like, that's ridiculous. But I was like, yes, we get to wake up at four in the morning. And yes, we get to go to work in the hospital. Yeah, it was like 126 hours my first week. It was ideal. Um, We're very uh, different people. Yeah, (laughs)
0: it's amazing. And then
2: so my internal medicine rotation was my next rotation. And a couple weeks in, I get a call from an oncologist and he asked me to go to his office. Had no idea why he wanted me to go to his office. Didn't even know this guy when I get to his office, he said, hey, could you go see this patient in this room? I'm like, this is really weird. What in the world's going on? So I went in that room and when I did, it was that patient from, oh, you know, 12 yeah. weeks ago. And they said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's the angel that God had sent me. Uh, and they gave me a really big hug. And then from that moment on, I was like, you know what? I love surgery. but yeah. I don't know if it would allow me to have the lifestyle that I want to have where I could spend as much time with the patients as I possibly want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that is when I decided, you know, it's medicine, uh, and then pediatrics was some fun patient, fun and embarrassing patient encounters I had with some kids yeah. where I was like, you know what, I love everyone, and I want to serve everyone. I want to be a doctor yeah. of everyone. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, that's that's such a good story, and that that's that's cool that you found it in that way. You found what you wanted to do, and 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 then so now you're going to like internal medicine pediatrics uh and but now you still have like three hours in the morning you have to fill up with something so you might as well do iron man's right might that's, as well right <laughs> oh you're
1: I, one to talk what about, about filling up your free time i know like i
0: <laughs> yeah except I, I i would say i'm probably less productive in my free time dressing up as different specialties in medicine but um that's true <laughs> but so it's so you were, you were, you decided on that. You said surgery wasn't, you know, quite the right thing to go. And then, and then internal medicine versus pediatric, could you just like, was it just, you were totally split? Like, I don't know which way to go. Fortunately I can do both things. Is that kind of how it, how it works?
2: Yeah, it wasn't that I didn't know which one I wanted to do. It was that I knew for sure I wanted to do both. Oh, okay, uh, all right. Yeah, and so with that, another thing is when you look at overseas mission work and what is the most sought-after doctors, mm-hmm. I think MedPeds is third or fourth on the list. And I knew oh, that that's something okay. that I'm very passionate about. And the reason being is because if you go over there and you're just a pediatrician, I mean, your utility is only for p- kids, you know, right. I mean, of course they could use you for other things, but if you know medicine from all ages, then your utility is so much higher, you know? And so that was another big component of it.
0: Yeah. And so going from, uh, I've never heard of someone doing it like the way you're doing it, where it's like internal medicine a week, you take a week off pediatrics for a week. Uh, it, it, do you ever do them back to back or is it, do you always get a break in between?
2: I've done a 21 day stretch, so Oof. that would be my first 21 year board. straight days. <laughs> yeah, 21 straight days.
0: Yeah, I think that's illegal in ophthalmology. Like you're <laughs> well, not, yeah. you're not. I, I think I get my license taken away if I try to work 21 straight days. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it was
2: it was a lot, but so we could set it up however we want. But if I work 21 straight days, that gives me almost a whole month off
0: oh, to do, gotcha. yeah, yeah, you
2: know, like all these other things that I, I do and. Yeah.
0: Well, let's get to some of those because- uh, Let's when, do it. Yeah. When did you, th- the social media thing, uh, You so you have uh, f- uh, uh, over <laughs> 2 million um, on TikTok, you got h- over 100,000 on Instagram, uh, a bunch of YouTube subscribers. When did this start for you?
2: So social media started back in 2013, which is a long time ago. Most people people think like on social media, oh, you just blew up overnight, but people don't understand like how many hours um, or videos that some of us have put into it. So it started back in
0: 2013. And that was on Instagram?
2: That was on Instagram. uh, And that was just really minor stuff. And then it really got started in 2014. When my wife told me I needed to start a YouTube channel. And that's kind (laughs) of how it all started. You gotta listen to the
1: wives. It's
0: good advice for
2: sure. Yeah, she, I mean, she's brilliant, but uh, she didn't know what she was getting herself into. And neither did I. Yeah. Cause she did it to give us more time together. Cause I was meeting (laughs) with. Yeah, Kristen's really like. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Kristen, how much time does social media take away from you guys?
1: Oh, it's another full-time job. T- I do, I do the, you know, I run the business side of things, and I do some other.
0: She does the stuff full-time. Social time. media and
1: writing stuff, and I do oh. it full-time now. Yeah, yeah. it's wow, my full-time career. Incredible. And then he comes home, and it's it's a lot of his free time. Most of his free time, besides like I wouldn't count kid time as free time. You know, like yeah. he goes to work, we have family time, and he has this. So. But we, mm-hmm. we also
0: try to we involve the kids a little bit in. We it try well. to, yeah, so, even if it's not
1: like on camera, but just like.
0: You know they they like showing
1: it. it to them and getting their ideas and stuff. So
0: and we you have wait,
2: a, I'm sure they're like my dad has over a million followers. Like that's the coolest thing oh, in the world. Oh
0: man, tell I <laughs> so that when I hit a million YouTube subscribers, that was to my kids that was the the pinnacle of human achievement.
1: Yeah, that was an accomplishment they understood.
0: I, yeah, they, yeah, they got it, it. right. Yeah. And yeah. So I I could not I could have I could meet the president. I could do any yeah, and they uh, won't thing care. and it's like. Well, f- who cares? You got a million YouTube subscribers. That's as, as, as good as you just retire now. You dad. Could, yeah, just retire. you're yeah. done. What's the point? So it's so great. So where were you <laughs> in your uh, medical career, I guess, in 2013?
2: I was just I just finished undergrad.
0: Oh, OK. All right. Yeah.
2: So I did undergrad a little quick. Um, I finished it in three years and then I wanted to go straight to medical school. Mm-hmm. And so finished, went straight to medical school. And in medical school, I was meeting with medical students and teaching them how to study, how to do well in your exams, how to create a schedule and things of that nature. Well, I got to where I was meeting with 15 to 20 students a day. And my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife, Phoebe, she said, Tommy, you've got to stop this. <laughs> like you meet with 15 to 20 students a day, like your whole day is just meetings. Like you just can't do this. You should create a YouTube channel yeah. and just put all the content there. And when people ask you the question that you've answered on your YouTube channel, them there. And so that's what I started to do. And that's kind of where social media really kind of started.
0: Yeah. So you were meeting these, uh, just, they wanted advice. You were just yeah. giving advice about med school and applying and all that stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, that's, so you, you must, uh, you're probably one of the very early adopters of, of doing it, it, that type of medical kind of influencer type work. Um, and, uh, uh, certainly on Instagram, I'm not sure on YouTube, but and I mean, there's a lot of that now. So you're very much a, Pioneer. a trailblazer yeah. in that area.
2: <laughs> yeah, I will say there were a couple. Um, one of their names was Jenny, I believe, and Aaron Hayes. There were a couple that I remember on YouTube, but there w- weren't very many of us at all. And I had no idea what I was doing. I <laughs> recorded all of my videos and edited them and uploaded them with an iPad mini, the first generation. Oh, my God. And that's what I used for <laughs> all of my content. Wow. It, until I reached 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> do you ever go back and see and look at the quality Please of those? I <laughs> wish yeah. we'd have even mentioned that.
2: No one needs to go look at anything. My wife, like, she was like, your first video was terrible. Like, who was that?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I do. I totally relate. Like, I, I look back at the stuff I made because I. I yeah, you making... weren't
1: even doing the same thing no
0: i know it was it was no
1: characters yet no
0: that <laughs> was because it was all I, I joined uh tiktok that's when i started making video content okay. was right at the height of the pandemic Yeah, you did the
1: dancing eyebrows that was yeah
0: like i well i was you know doing the thing like jumping on trends and stuff and and but i, I wasn't doing a lot, like like a lot of the comedy like skit writing type of thing and so you look back at the old stuff and it's just like i mean i was learning how to how to do it right and i think that's That's a good lesson for people because I do, I'm sure you get this a lot. A lot of people ask, like, how do you even get started on social? It can feel so daunting knowing, you know, what to do, how to get started. And and it's almost like you just got to, if you have an idea, you just got to do it.
2: Just do it. And then,
0: and you're only going to learn and get better by doing more of it. And yeah, it's going to suck. I mean, we're, we're terrible at everything we do whenever we first do it. And then you get better at it the more you do it. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. And people think that you have to have the nicest camera, the nicest mic, and the nicest lighting and all this stuff. But, like, that's not necessarily true, especially with these new short-form videos and, you know, these yeah. ver- like everybody wants it to be as realistic as possible. And so I say whatever you have, just get started and go with it. Exactly. I mean, you're right,
0: now, right now you're talking to us on, a, on, a, on an iPad mini right here. So right. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got your Walkman. <laughs> that's right. That's and. actually true. No,
2: Uh, Uh, But yeah, so from there, I worked so hard on YouTube and Instagram from 2014 to 2019 and saw very little growth. And I was posting three times a day, every day on all platforms. So, like, I was working hard. And then I saw a video by Gary B that said, if you're not on TikTok, you're wasting your time. And I was like, what in the world? He said, whether you want to spread a good message, make a difference, you need to be on TikTok. So, I studied the app for two weeks saw what videos did well, what videos didn't do well, took notes on all of it, made my first video and it hit like 500,000 views overnight. And I had 50,000 followers in 24 hours. Um, and I was one of the first doctors, there was like two others, Dr. Leslie and someone else on TikTok at the time. And then from there, it just
0: went crazy. It's TikTok is really, it, it totally changed the game in terms of audience building, right? Yeah. Uh, it's gotta be just the way the, well, the time it came on, because this, again, like, whenever the whole country shut down, everyone was on social media. That's all people were doing, right? Oh, my right? gosh, yeah. So it wasn't just TikTok, it was engagement on all the platforms. But TikTok in particular um, uh, was just blowing up, and uh, it was, I had a similar experience. It's just remarkable how quickly you can build an audience, uh, right. Just because I mean, of the I mean, route prim-
2: How fast did you get hit a million? Like it was fast, right?
0: It was fast, yeah. yeah. Uh, f- I don't know, within a year, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy compared to, you know, on Twitter or, I, sorry, now X. I don't X. know if you even, you probably, I don't even know if you even bother with. with no. With, probably in the end, a good decision, but (laughs) that's where I started. And, um, uh, and it's, it's much slower growth there. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it's different with different platforms, but, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with the, with the quality, like, don't worry Mm -hmm. about quality so much. Yeah. If the, if the, it's the content, if what you're Mm -hmm. saying, what I tell people is if, if what, if you believe in what you're saying and what you're, the expertise you're trying to build up, um, and it comes off as authentic, It's go- people will pay attention to it, right? People will watch you. It doesn't matter what kind of device you're recording on.
2: Right, yeah. I usually tell people to, like, write down five things in your life that you're most passionate about. Like, when you think about them, it, like, sets your heart on fire. And whatever those five things are, write three topics next to each of those and then make all 15 of those videos and then see which ones catch fire and then make content on that.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a good approach.
0: Do you have any, any, anything to add on building a social media audience?
1: Social media. Well, you know, it helps if you have uh, someone behind the scenes doing a lot of your work for you. I'll just
2: <laughs> oh say <my> that. God.
0: <laughs> yeah. That Absolutely. has to be amazing.
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much a one-man show, and it's a lot. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot.
0: Well, I, I don't know. Like That's what I was going to ask you is how, because you're doing this. You said you're, you're just slogging away at your posting three times a week, but you're also in med school at this time. And right. did you, as you're doing this through your medical education and training, did you get any pushback? Did you get any like, you know, because it, it, sometimes it's hard for people yeah. to accept that this is a legitimate thing that, that you should be spending your time on. And and I certainly have heard people in medicine who kind of got themselves into trouble. Have you ever had any issues like that?
2: Yeah. So I'd say early on when my accounts were smaller no one knew who I was or anything on social media, so it really didn't matter. Uh, But people like my colleagues and friends, they'd give me a hard time and say, oh, he's trying to be a social media star or, you know, whatever it be. Even though my content, most of the time, I'd say is like uplifting and trying to be positive in things. And then once everything kind of blew up, I would say I did get, like my program director, they were all very supportive and they all knew my content. But they were just like, you know, be very careful, make sure you're abiding by the social media guidelines and things like that. And then I would say my things really changed or shifted whenever I had the opportunity to be the keto speaker for the WHO on the use of social media medicine. And I think, like, once it became almost like validated or like it showed in medicine that it did have importance, then people respected it a lot more. But before yeah. that, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, you're just doing social media stuff. Doctors don't need to be on social media. And my whole talk was why doctors need to be on social media. And that's what the WHO wanted me to, you know, yeah. they were excited that I was going to be talking about that. And then so I think that kind of frame shifted everything.
0: That's that's such a achievement. That's congratulations on it When did you give that? Kingdom? That
2: was in 20 it was right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah in 2020
0: where was it located where did you go was, for that well
1: it was Overton. online it was in the pandemic oh, oh that's
0: right it was, it, had, it, was, it was virtual right yeah yeah of course yeah 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 let's say did you get to go somewhere cool but no you can see you that got, I'm the brains you got, to, you got to go to your office and, right, uh, yeah. and you know
1: <laughs> where was it located
0: well I was thinking uh, you know in the past year things have you know they're yeah. actually having some events but you're right that was a silly thing to ask <laughs>
1: it's
2: um,
0: okay you, see, you like,
1: were unconscious for part of that year I'll <laughs> that's pretty. right it right. can be forgiven. It's
0: all haze. But,
2: but like what you were saying, like you do have to be very, very, very careful all throughout medicine. Yeah. Uh, so do you do? Are you doing? Do you do? Are you doing private practice or yeah? Or do you work for? Okay,
0: no, I'm private practice. Um, in a physician owned group, and it's uh, I, I work four days a week. So,
2: okay. and you could pretty much do whatever you want then, right? Like in terms
0: of your social media stuff, I. Yeah, for the most part, um, you know, I have very understanding uh, partners and um, and so they, you know, I, I've gotten better at it. And I would say I, I take fewer risks now than I probably used to. Um, mm-hmm. And I've just, and that's part of the learning experience on social media, especially as a physician, because <laughs> we do have this level of professionalism we have to maintain, Right. That uh, there's mm-hmm. certain lines we can't cross. And I'm mainly talking on, for me, because I, I tell a lot of jokes, and it's, it's very easy to cross a line when you tell jokes, right? Oh, yeah. Um, We've probably so, all done that. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, it's it, it happens. and uh, but, but you learn from that, and it, it's different on social media versus, you know, when you're just in a group with your friends, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't want to do anything that would undermine the patient physician relationship or what the public, how the public sees us. Uh, and so, yeah, you you just gotta be careful. And it's, it's a, it's a learning process, you know? Yeah. I think
2: what you said there is so important because like your friends know you, right. And so they know your core values in your heart. Whereas the millions of people that see us, all they see is face value and that's it. And so our values have to be shown at face value. And so if we're doing jokes that maybe they, like people don't see that we don't truly, you know, believe that stereotype or whatever that is, then I, it could be very offensive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, they, they see me dressed up you know, like wearing a bicycle helmet and a bicycle jersey. They they know I'm joking for the most part. So, um, I, do I don't have... know. You
2: look pretty professional in that. <laughs> I could see you at the hospital in that.
0: <laughs> um, what, uh. So it's not only the World Health Organization by the way like you've done some really impressive things so you um, were uh, you served yeah. as an ambassador for the National Infectious Disease Society of America how did mm-hmm. you get into that position
2: It was also through social media and throughout COVID stopping the spread of you know misinformation yeah. online and so it pretty much they really just saw all of my content about COVID even though my account would get taken down like every other day because People would uh, flag oh, it really? because
0: I was talking about COVID. Oh gosh! Oh wow! It was insane. That was on TikTok. Her... On TikTok? Oh yeah, yeah. Because you, and... a
1: doctor, were discussing COVID.
0: Right? <laughs> <You laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Debunking
2: myths, like saying that you should not—I don't know—like garlic's not going to cure COVID for right. you. Right. And, oh, let's take down his account. How dare he, he say that? You
0: know? Uh I didn't, wow. Man, I didn't know you got so you were getting like oh, these goodness. short-term bans, like for yeah, and then like, thank a week we had a contact at a time or what? TikTok.
2: It would depend. So I had a, t- a contact at TikTok that would help me restore my account. But <laughs> if they were busy or if they were out of the office, it could be a week or two weeks or whatever oh, it may no. be. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. So during that time, that's kind of when we were leading those initiatives.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. I, I'm glad you stuck with it uh, despite, you know, the, yeah. the threats of being banned <laughs> and, and things. So
2: You know, it's, it's insane right now. So there's, I think, 4.9 billion people on social media right now. Which is just, it, it, you can't even fathom that many people. And the fact that the misinformation spreads, you know, about yeah. 10 times faster than accurate or evidence-based information. I always say that I don't think it's any longer like a privilege that doctors get to be on social media, but it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be on there creating good content, evidence-based content, because otherwise the misinformation is just going to keep running rampant. Absolutely. Yeah, you can stick
1: your head in the sand all you want, but I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like when newspapers were a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like there's no stopping this train now. So really right. the best thing to do is to be on it.
0: And part of it, you know, when I first got on social media, I was anonymous because I was a resident and I was telling jokes. And <laughs> I didn't feel I didn't feel comfortable, like I felt secure enough in my position to not get in trouble mm-hmm. just being a physician on social media. Uh, and... I I'm, I hope that that's starting to change. Just to your point, because we we need people doing all kinds of things on social media, as long as you, you maintain that that line of professionalism we talked about. But mm-hmm. we 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 need residents. We need you know student. I think everybody needs to get on social media because that's where the public is. Right. right.
2: Yeah, I agree completely. And so, would you say that when medical students or residents ask you about social media, because I get asked this all the time. Should I have a social media account? Should it be private? Should it be public? What's your kind of stance on that?
0: Oh, I I'm always encourage everyone to put their real selves out there. Uh, I think that some of the concerns I had looking back on it, I, they were a little bit overblown. Like I I, I I should have felt more secure in in my position and the support I had around me to be able to be myself on social media. Yeah, but- because I think that's what people want to see. In part, they want to see accurate information, but they also yeah. want to see your real, that doctors are real people.
1: Yes. There still, though, is that level of professionalism that you yeah. were talking about. I mean, there's different versions of ourselves, right? There's the version that we might share with our family and close friends, there's a version we might share at work, there's a version we might share, you know. I don't know, when we're just cutting loose and having fun, right? So you have to be careful about which version of yourself, I think, because, you know, there's there are appropriate and inappropriate things for healthcare professionals and trainees to be putting out into the world. Right. But but yeah, just everyone has a little bit of a different flavor, different personality, different issues that are important to them. So, you know, dig into those and share those with the world for sure.
0: Like I think waking up at 3.45 in the morning is borderline inappropriate. <laughs> like I,
2: <laughs> if you look at the comment section, I think most people agree with you. What time do you go
1: to bed? How do you make this I try this to go work? to bed.
2: So if I'm waking up at 3.30 to 3.45, I'll try to get, be in bed by like 8.30 or 8.45. But I generally say like I wake up at four, go to bed at nine, try to get seven hours of sleep at night is yeah. genuinely what I try to do.
1: You must be really good at falling asleep quickly
2: oh within two minutes <laughs>
1: yeah that's the key Out. see i need done. like an hour of wind down time and that's then right. i'll lay there for it about 30 wife. minutes yeah. yeah i couldn't do that but i admire <laughs> it i just really couldn't do it
0: yeah i do too i wish i could do <laughs> i, I know. Could do that consistently you get so but... much
1: more done i think well, i that can so quiet i think at it's that possible
0: time. i think following people like tommy on social media yeah. and seeing how he does it i think it actually does help yeah, like, yeah. I think I think what you well, do does Well, clearly you've already people. influenced
1: him. you already me. signed up for that oh, man, training. I, I love that.
0: I'm all about it, man. I'm I'm like, let's do it. I just need you to remind me daily, send Dave. me daily messages,
1: and, and shame. I think at four helps. o'clock
0: in the morning, yeah. saying, "Hey, I'm at the gym. What are you doing?" I'm, right. I'm like, God,
2: man. <laughs> so it's so funny you say that. So it's probably the most common question I get asked is like my daily schedule or like what I do in a day. And so like I do day in life videos the amount of hate comments in these videos oh is hilarious yeah um which it doesn't bother me my wife she's like how dare they they comment that I'm like Phoebe, <laughs> we don't even know that person like what does it matter what they comment
1: yeah and they're yeah. just jealous
2: it's so funny
1: yeah
0: yeah uh, d- I mean talk about you know how to how to just do social media dealing with comments like that and, and but, knowing what to take seriously and what not to take seriously is a big part of that you know
2: yeah yo for sure it's and it If you let every comment get to you, you will not make it on social media. There's just no way. Because even if you make the best content in the world, they're going to be the people that don't have a profile image that you're not allowed to comment back to that Mm -hmm, are going mm -hmm. to say horrible things to everyone on the planet.
0: Right, exactly.
2: You know. Uh, But something else that you had said, like waking up at four in the morning and then no one, like... 4 to 6 a.m. I think that is the golden hours for whatever you want to do. Like, I like fitness. Other people like to draw. Other people like to paint. Right. 4 to 6 a.m. No one else is going to be awake. Only the crazy people like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to bother you. So, like, wake up at this time and get some stuff done.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I Honestly, I find myself, I, <laughs> I, I sometimes will get my best, like, skit ideas, like, mm-hmm. early in the morning. Because, like, I'm rested. You know, it's typically after I have coffee, but s- no. still, like
1: not me. If I'm awake at 4 a.m., there's a good chance I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm not even kidding.
0: Some people, like, some people truly seriously is wrong. <laughs> some people yeah. truly are not I'm morning not, people. I could stay yeah. up
1: until 4 a.m. That'd be yeah, fine.
0: Yeah, but, but if
1: I get up that early, oh, I don't know. Something's wrong with me.
0: <laughs> I do. I do like. How, I feel like I have more create creative juices flowing yeah. like that early in the morning, but. I don't
1: know. Mine are more late at night, like that yeah. one AM to four AM.
0: See, that's also weird. Yeah. It is. I that's mean I don't get to strange. do that
1: because I have children and a job and thing, you know, but that if I were just left to my own devices, yeah. I think that's where I would end up.
2: Mm, probably. Right. Yeah. When the, I mean that's why we're all different, right? And yeah. uh morning people, late different night. Ways people, to do it. We need yeah. Yeah, we I'm need trying. some
0: influencers who are showing us what it's like to be productive at one to four AM. There we go. Yeah. There we go. You got, you got to balance me. out Dr. Not Martin Not for the next here.
1: 10 years, at least. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: That's we're, your whole niche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: let's, hey, let's
0: take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Chris, you know what this is?
1: Stethoscope.
0: Uh, yeah. It's not just any stethoscope. It's the Echo Core 500 digital stethoscope with three-lead ECG.
1: That's pretty they, fancy. I didn't even know
0: they could do that. They've no. combined the ECG, the little yeah. tracing thing. The
1: danger squiggles. Yeah, the
0: danger into a stethoscope. That's and, and, pretty handy. And it's it's also got 40 times noise amplification, noise cancellation, and also a fancy little uh, uh, display right oh, here. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's so cool. And so, uh, honestly, if I had something like this in med school, like I would not have uh, been yelled at by as many cardiologists mm, as That I would was. have
1: been nice. Yeah, it would have mm. been
0: really nice. Uh, we have a special offer for our U.S. listeners. Visit echohealth.com slash KKH and use code knock 50 to experience Echo's Core 500 Digital Stethoscope Technology. That's E-K-O health slash KKH and use knock 50 to get a 75-day risk-free trial and free case and free shipping with this exclusive offer. Kristen, do you remember when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life after training? I do. Eventually, I decided on... Private practice, and it was the best decision I have ever made. Hey. Okay, Glockenflecken was probably the ah,
1: first. Very funny.
0: But it's really hard to start your own private practice. It is,
1: especially in today's world.
0: And that's why Independent Practice Partners is there. They want to help you start your own practice, and they will ensure that your practice doesn't just survive, but thrives. To find out more, go to ipracticepartners.com. Again, that's the letter I, practicepartners.com all right we're back with dr tommy martin um uh, of of internet fame we're gonna play a game that because i think med peds as a Mm -hmm. field is a bit unknown uh compared to other things like it's just not as common right
2: streamline yeah
0: um and so so here's a a game i feel like could shed a little light on med peds so i call it med or peds or both oh this will be fun so i'm going to name a thing and you're going to tell me in your line of work does that apply to med like adult medicine or peds kids or maybe both or both or none or none i don't know okay all right three hour plus rounds
2: (laughs) medicine internal medicine
0: Medicine, that's med. That's not PEDS, right?
2: If you're working with me, it's definitely not PEDS. I will <laughs> say some divisions of pediatrics will be known for that. Yeah. Gotcha. So if I had to, like, the neonatal ICU, um, pick you maybe, maybe not. Uh, some rotations in PEDS, but for the most part, internal medicine.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's what I thought you'd say. All right. Next one. 45-minute hyponatremia rant. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? It's
2: just so funny because, like, every meme in the world about hyponatremia is with internal medicine doctors.
0: Does that ever get any play on a pediatric service? If you're a
2: resident, you'll get to learn about hyponatremia. But uh, I, don't, I would say with no other attendees, but I don't go on for
0: 45 minutes on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's more of an internal medicine thing.
2: 1,000%. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. Here's one. Uh, the. I guess giving, I will say, giving a, a rounds presentation in front of the patient. Um, I
2: would say both. Yeah, 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 both of them. Yeah, and it really. So we, I let the upper level resident decide what we do, but I'd say in, in general, um, especially in academia, it'd be both.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my my what I remember most about my pediatric rotations versus internal medicine was on peas We seemed to. Just do a lot of interacting in the room mm-hmm. with with the family there, with the patient, with the kid, and and I just I just have that memory. Maybe it's probably depends on who you work with though. But that's probably a good idea for, for both sides to be doing a lot more in the room, right?
2: Yeah. To me, it lets for there's a couple of reasons why I like to do it. But again, I let my upper level resident kind of decide what they want to do. Yeah. But if I'm making the decision, I usually round in the room with the patients. And to me. It lets the patient see how much we're actually thinking about them, caring about them, how much is going into the thought process of their care of plan. And so they could trust us so much more when they see all like everything that we're doing instead of just walking in. Oh, this is what we're going to do. And you're there for 10 minutes. They see the whole 30 minute, you know, all of it.
1: Do they under, here's, as the patients would be my question is like, does somebody explain to them what, you guys talk in your own language. So is someone explaining to the patient as they go mm. what that all means? Because so I could also see how that might be scary for the patient.
2: Yeah. So if we do bedside rounds, like with the patient in the room, the yeah. resident physicians are not supposed to, they're supposed to use terminology in which the patient could understand. And if they don't, that's where the attending doctor then should clarify what's being said. Yeah. That's
0: a good point. Okay, next one. Um, which has the best snacks? The oh, best well. unit snacks? Peds, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I would guess. At yeah. the yeah. pediatric
2: hospital, we have uh, Golden Grahams, we have Cheerios, we <laughs> have we have Frosted Flakes, and that's just oh. for breakfast.
0: Oh, oh man. We have
2: all kinds of snacks there.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Kids need their snacks.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, They're yeah. growing. And yeah. I, I remember that Peds had chocolate milk. Oh, we no. definitely have chocolate milk.
1: <laughs> you got you got some lollipops, maybe. It's a, it's a
2: what are you gonna milk get? Is like on draft.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. And the, the adult medicine. What are you gonna get? Saltines. I mean, yeah. come on, like no. peanut butter saltines. That's probably it. Yep. I don't know. That's it. Yeah. If right. you're
2: lucky, if you're really lucky, you get golden grams. But yeah, that's yeah. few and far between. Yeah. There you go. What
0: about
1: it's... coffee? They have coffee and peats or is that just medicine?
0: Well, coffee. That's not... a
2: great question. You know uh, we, but did- we, we have it for the parents, so we get it. But okay, medicine, you, you get like it's. I don't even know where this coffee comes from. If <laughs> it looks like tar, <laughs> <or oil>. yeah, <laughs> it's
0: not good, not good stuff. Okay, all right. Uh, the busiest overnight shifts, the busiest nights.
2: Oh, internal medicine. Oh, it depends. Okay, so internal medicine with acuity. I'd say both for different reasons. Internal medicine for acuity, meaning people are sick. You're doing a lot. You might be running a lot of rapids, going to a lot of codes, things like that. Peds, a lot of calls about important things, but might be mild things.
0: Right. So more volume, but maybe not Mm -hmm. the acuity that we would see on the adult side. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Holding a patient in your lap and spinning around in a chair.
2: Oh, adult medicine. 1,000%. (laughs) (laughs) We only do geometric
0: service. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's definitely oh, yeah. of the <laughs> uh, I actually I use that example because that's something that we will sometimes do in ophthalmology, um, oh. if we're wanting to estimate uh, a, a, a pa- no <laughs> estimate a, a visual acuity, because in a in a nonverbal child, um, you can hold them in front of you look at their eyes and spin around in a chair very slowly if they have nystagmus then you know they have about a 2400 level acuity
2: wow yeah yeah you want to be Oliver's eye doctor <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> might be a little bit that's, of a commute for appointment yeah a tiny
0: bit oh yeah, yeah that's that's true. A tiny yeah. bit yeah. far away that's okay just a few a couple thousand miles wait but miles. you're putting this patient in your lap Hey, you're like, well, you're holding a, a kid. Like, yeah. yeah. And a lot of times they're very young. And it's, you know, it's fun. It's like a little, you know. Here, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like
1: it's, Santa. Like, sit on this strange ride. man's lap. and <laughs> <laughs> Take a ride.
0: They're Usually they're not like, it's not like an eight-year-old. All right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a little tip for like, uh, you know, from the eye world, I guess. Well, you know, I um, love that
2: Oliver, actually, he is nonverbal as of right now. And he has vision issues. So... Oh. His ophthalmologist better do that. If not, yeah. I'm sending him your way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Angry cardiologists. Both. <laughs> Am I going to get you in trouble here?
1: <laughs> Please
2: the fifth. I just feel it, it's not their fault. They, they're...
0: <laughs> You're being very they're nice. So I, I'm putting you over- on the spot here.
2: They're so overworked, and they're consulted about yeah. anything and everything. And so I probably wouldn't be the happiest either, but it's definitely both. All like right. If you call one, it's not. It? like I try to be like, hi, good morning. How are you doing? I hope you're having a great day. <laughs> I just have a quick consult for you, and then
0: it's, it's not. As soon as you say the word consult, it's, it's over. Yeah, it's done. Okay. Um, a couple more. All Burnout. Right. Burnout.
2: Uh, internal medicine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because... I think with peds, you have a lot of joy and a lot of play and a lot of fun. And so that's nice. I will say the, a lot of pediatric schedules are really tough, but I think internal medicine probably.
0: Yeah. And then last one I have, um, number of RVUs you generate.
2: Oh, internal medicine for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: all the procedures and yeah, yeah, just internal medicine would have a lot more, just the acuity, the, high level of billing that you could do based off the medical problems and then you do a lot more procedures in internal medicine and of course it would depend on what division of each of these but
0: yeah i guess i have, i had one more i think i know the answer to this one um safety suckers <laughs> is that like suckers stickers <laughs> what are i i i assume that's more peds than internal medicine like i don't you know, know. Like you know the safety suckers? You know what I'm the talking safety about? Safety suckers? Yeah, it's it's got like instead of like a, a, a pointy stick, it's like a loop. It's like a loop.
1: Like a ring pop? Like
0: no, no, it's like a that's like a little oh, I don't God. know what these I, are. I think they're called safety sucker. They're like a, it's a sucker that I you was would
2: thinking of the um water swabs that we give people
0: when they're MPO <laughs> <laughs> because they oh, have anything to eat. Safety sucker. <laughs> no, it's like a candy <laughs> All right. That would probably also work too. All right. That was med or peds or both. Love it. That was was a fun (laughs) one. That was a good one. Um, all right, let's uh, take one more break and then we'll come back with Dr. Tommy Martin. All right. We are back with Tommy Martin and, uh, Tommy, what we're going to do here is, uh, I'm going to read a story that was sent in by one of our listeners. Uh, and I haven't read the story. And so let's, let's, let's get to it here. This comes from Abby. Abby says, when I was a pediatric intern working nights on the general inpatient floor, I took care of a medically complex, complex patient with many active problems that we were managing. I didn't know him well, as I had only taken care of him during the night, but knew from sign out that he had a complex corneal problem and was followed by ophthalmology. Ooh. So now you're interested. A, that yeah. doesn't happen very often. Oh, yeah. we, and generally we try not to be in a hospital. So right. um, near the end of my shift, I got a message from his nurse with a picture of a contact lens saying that she had found it on his face by his eye. Oh. She had no idea where it came from. I quickly scoured the ophthalm notes, trying to figure out why there might have been a contact lens in his eye. I was worried maybe a lost contact had caused all his problems in the first place. I could find no mention of a contact lens in the notes, so I sent the picture to the on-call ophthalmology resident, asking if they knew anything about it. I forgot to include the patient's name in the message, but she replied right away, is this the patient in question? It's a contact lens. She was confirming it's a contact lens. I obviously knew it was a contact lens, but I had no idea why he would have had one in so i asked her was it supposed to be in his eye she replied yeah we put it there but it's fine we'll take care of it when he goes to the or in the morning i was pretty shocked by this as my team knew nothing about their plans to take him to surgery and we had given been giving him tube feeds all night oh no
1: oopsie <laughs> a
0: little miscommunication there uh, i still have no idea why they put a contact in his eye in the first place oh that's why i'm here I can explain oh. why contact lenses in the eye. Sometimes we will put a contact on the eye um, for a a uh, to help with pain relief mm. for a a corneal abrasion. Well, she abrasion. does say
1: he had a corneal problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. But also, but I'm not sure how that relates to surgery. So I'm not sure, but it is not unusual for us to be using contact lens therapeutically like that so that's probably Covered up like
1: a little band-aid yeah, for exactly
0: eyeball. because uh you know corneal abrasions the cornea is like the most sensitive part of the body and so if you have a scratch on the eye it's exquisitely painful for like the average but especially young people um and who have all their corneal nerves and are just like ready to explode if there's something wrong uh and so a basically a contact lens a bandage contact lens is just like a it's a band-aid. And so you're just putting it on to protect against the pain from the eyelid rubbing up against the cornea.
1: Well, there you go. Now she knows that she's listening.
0: So there you go, Abby. I hope you you heard that. So now you know why we use contact lenses in patients. But also, I always tell people, uh especially when I talk to like critical care doctors or anybody who's who, who treats sedated uh patients, uh always check for contact lenses. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, you said that so much that then when you were unconscious and critically ill, yeah. I disp- I did not want to do this, but I felt like you'd be mad if I didn't, so I had to ask. Are you putting eye drops in his eyes to lubricate them while he's in ICU?
0: (laughs) She told my medical team to put artificial tears in my eyes. (laughs) Which you'll be happy to
1: know. They were on top of it. They were already doing it. So nice. But I knew you would want me to check, so I reluctantly did so.
0: You really do love me. I mean, you did also do chest compressions, but that also shows that you you really do love me. Which Um, I have to say, that is
2: like one of the craziest stories ever.
0: Oh, is it? Nuts? Yeah. Oh, my
2: gosh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That just yep.
2: like I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I just can't even imagine that happening. And then the fact that you two are just here thriving. Well,
0: also, you are the you're you're the strongest physically the strongest person of the three of us here. And so like you could probably attest to how difficult even two minutes of chest compressions is. And she did oh, 10 yeah. minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. What well, it's crazy
2: that for 10 minutes and the fact that you're still alive. Like, right, I mean, that's just oh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's big plans for you guys. <laughs> and, and Kristen <laughs> it shows how fit she is.
0: She said oh, that she's gosh, been the one working out. That. Oh, she, yeah, she <laughs> is. She, whenever I mean, you turn into a superhuman in situations yeah, thank like goodness that, for
1: adrenaline, so. you know, that's what I have
2: <laughs> yeah. to say. About what that, what year was that?
1: 2020, May of
0: 2020. 2020. Wow. The absolute worst time to have a major medical <laughs> event.
2: <laughs> yeah, wait, did you even get to go see him when he was in the hospital? Like you no. just saved his life and you don't even get to go see him?
1: No, they didn't oh, even. God. I mean, I get there. You know, time was of the essence, but I didn't even right. get the option to to ride with him in the ambulance or any of that. No, I was all yeah. separated, was... which was really tough. But yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, but it's insane. We did it. Yeah. Or, I, we, we did, did it. it. You did it.
1: Well, you did the, you did the other part, I did you know, a little bit. the waking up and stuff. That was good. Good job.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Tommy, so let's tell people where to find you. First of all, I just want to say you all, you have a race coming up, right? Uh, yeah. And, and tell people what you're going to be doing during this race.
2: Yeah. So I set a goal for this year to do a 1,200 pound power total. So hopefully I'll do a 300 bench a 400-pound squat, and a 500-pound deadlift, and I'll do that the morning before doing a full-distance Ironman, which is a 2.4-mile <laughs> swim, 112-mile bike, and then a 26.2-mile run, and hopefully break a 10-hour Ironman at that race. Now, I don't even know if I'll even get close to it, but those are the goals I've set, and I'm inching my way towards that it. it's in November. Yeah.
0: It's in November, so everybody should f- go follow uh, Doctor Tommy Martin. It's at Doctor Tommy Martin. You can find him on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and I'm sure you're going to be documenting your journey and all of this, right? Yeah, and, definitely. And yeah, definitely. Training and, yeah uh, that's got to be fascinating. I'm definitely going to be looking out for it uh, because I just that sounds like an impossible thing to do, and so. Uh, but if anybody can do it, I'm sure you can. So, well, thanks. I just, just want to say,
1: so. if you uh, if you struggle with masochism. Therapy is also an option. <laughs> just, just give it a, give it a thought. Yeah,
2: there's you're just, like the like the fifth person within two weeks that's told me that. That's, that's insane. But I was gonna say, you know, you did hire me as your coach throughout this episode, and so right. if you want to do the race True. with me.
0: I mean,
1: I'm I sure there's. I don't openings. care to do some more CPR. Let's my, just let's take it easy.
0: My arms and legs <laughs> would fall off my body. Um, but uh, I'll leave it I'll leave it to you my friend so yeah, there we go uh, thank you again for coming on it's really a pleasure to finally get a chance to chat with you and uh, yeah good luck to you
2: hey thanks for having me it was a pleasure
0: How far do you think I would get into an Iron Man before I um, cease to exist
1: What's first
0: uh, the swim the swim like two and a half mm-hmm. miles hmm
1: I don't think you can swim two and a half miles.
0: <laughs> I could swim maybe two lengths of an Olympic-sized pool. What is that? A hundred meters.
1: Yeah. And
0: then I would sink like a stone. Yeah. yeah. I would be done. I'm not... I cannot... I'm too, like i don't know
1: i would think that being so lanky might help you with swimming though know, right gotta... like big stri- isn't michael phelps like all arms and legs as well
0: yeah but he's also has like significant muscles
1: yeah like big shoulders and mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah I'm, sorry I'm not, like, i don't think you would get very type far type <laughs> i would get even less far though so <laughs> kudos so, to, to yeah, dr Merck. that
0: is hard i i've, I've... That's uh everybody go support him like that's what he's trying to do is super cool and um yeah it'd be interesting to watch that his little story and how he how he does and, yeah. and so even if he doesn't make it in his time that he wants to make it in just the fact right. that he's like
1: he's trying doing he's getting that. out there like, doing something big yeah do you uh, what
0: do you what do you guys we want to hear from you now like what are what hard things are you trying to do in your life um uh, and uh, let us know
1: what hard things are we doing what, of, I feel like we're not doing anything hard enough I'm, now. I'm
0: going to go walk the dog <laughs> later today. I don't know. We, cl- we cleared up his diarrhea from a while mm, back. That, that was a hard thing. was
1: hard. Ugh
0: definitely on the same level as an iron man all right there are lots of ways to hit us up if you have thoughts about this episode or um if you have any other physical things that you think i would also die trying to do Mm -hmm. uh email us knock knock hi at human-content.com we're on all the social media platforms hang out with our human content podcast family on instagram and tiktok at human content pods Thanks to all the wonderful listeners leaving wonderful feedback and reviews. We love those. Send us those good, good, positive, happy reviews. Those <laughs> are great. If you subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, we can give you a shout out like Elena5113 on YouTube about um, our episode with Violin MD. <laughs> Uh, she said, the crossover we were all waiting
1: for. Mm, yes, she was very in demand.
0: I think people are probably going to be talking about this episode uh, with so. Tommy Martin, especially yeah. on TikTok. He's got a lot of
1: fans. He's, got and a he's lot doing fans. some pretty interesting stuff.
0: That's right. Uh, also, full up video episodes of this podcast are up on my YouTube channel every week at D Glock and Flecken. We also have a Patreon. Lots of cool perks, bonus episodes where we react to medical shows and movies. We got a little little town, little city little growing community knock knock high that's what we call it knock knock high population I don't know I don't either 500 I don't know something you like don't that know. We're, we're there we're uh, 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 we're city council members uh, early ad free episode access interactive Q&A live stream events patreon.com slash glock and or go to glock speaking of patreon community perks shout out to all the Jonathans Patrick, Lucia C, Sharon S, Omar, Edward K, Stephen G, Ross Box, Jonathan F, Marion W, Mr. Grandaddy, Caitlin C, Brianna L, Dr. J, Chaver W, Jonathan A, Leah D, KL, Rachel Ellen A and P. A virtual head nod to you all. Patreon roulette. Random shout out to somebody on the emergency medicine tier. Let me get in my Gronk voice. Gronk. Gronk. Who's Gronk? Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> retired tight end for the New <laughs> England Patriots. Patreon roulette. Random shout out to Claudia H for being a patron.
1: Claudia, Cla-
0: Claudia, Claudia. I don't
1: know. We don't know. Claudia. It depends. I mean, if she's Either way, both of you. Yeah.
0: Or are... both <laughs> of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claudia H. Uh, we are your hosts. Thanks for listening. We're Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Fleckins. Fleckens. Our special thanks to our guest today, Dr. Tommy Martin. Executive producers are Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Corny, Rob Goblin. Rob.
1: You cannot say his name. Rob lately. Goblin. Rob Goblin.
0: I'm going to say something different every time now. <laughs> Rob Goblin and Shanti Brooke. Our editor and engineer is Jason Portiza. Our music is by Omer Bens-V. To learn about our Knock Knock Highs program, disclaimer and ethics policy, submission, verification, licensing terms, and heavy release terms. Go to glockafleckin.com. Reach out to us at high at human-content.com with questions, concerns, thoughts, loving remarks, or fun medical puns. Knock Knock High is a human content production. Knock Knock, knock, knock <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, Kristen. Do you know what I love about ophthalmology?
1: Nobody tickles you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that's really nice. But also eyeballs. Of course. And work-life balance. Yeah, because you have great?
1: Jonathan to help do all your clinical documentation and stuff.
0: I'm also not willing to share my Jonathan though. Well no. people ask.
1: That would that's I too can't. much to that's, ask.
0: That's too much. But I need Jonathan because I've got all this other stuff going on, that's right? right? Social media, I've got the podcast, family life. Yeah. Ophthalmology. It's just there's so much to do. Exactly. But if you don't have a Jonathan, there's DAX. Yes. Yeah. Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX. It helps reduce administrative tasks with clinical documentation that writes itself. 79% of physicians say their work-life balance improved with DAX.
1: That's better than your med school grades.
0: Oh, yep. Yeah, you may be right there. To learn more about the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, visit Nuance.com discoverdax discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X.